Hello and welcome to the Human Factor Podcast, a series of conversations discussing the topics and themes influencing the world of work today. My name is Michael Esau. My name is Simon Humphreys. Our episode today promises to be truly insightful. The title of the episode is The Greatest Show on Earth. Our special guest on this episode is Marie-Noelle Gagnon. Marie-Noelle Gagnon is the Chief Talent Officer of Cirque du Soleil Entertainment Group. She holds a successful track record in major organisational changes and transformations. Marie-Noelle rebuilt entirely the Cirque du Soleil Entertainment Group's human resources function post-pandemic. She is a proven master's in supporting organisational culture that enables teams to thrive and become an active contributor to building the future of work. Mario Noel, welcome to the Human Factor podcast and thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me to your podcast. It's an honour. The honour's ours. We've created, I think, a really cool title, which I think sums up what we're going to discuss today. So, creating the greatest show on earth. Cirque du Soleil is a iconic organization and I think we all continue to seek that magic answer of how do we create that greatest show? How do we perform to our best? How do we grow as people? How do we sustain that magic, if you like? Uh, And I think that's the the real heart of the conversation that we're going to have today. But as always for our listeners, Let me just put the episode into context. Originally composed of 20 street performers in 1984, Cirque du Soleil Entertainment Group completely reinvented circus arts and has become a world leader in live entertainment. Established in Montreal, the Canadian organisation has brought wonder and delight to over 180 million spectators, with productions presented in 450 cities in 60 countries. Cirque du Soleil Entertainment Group currently employs 4,000 people, including 1,300 artists who originate from nearly 50 countries. The key question, however, how do they do it? As spectators, we marvel at the skill, the daring, the execution of acts we can only dream about. But it doesn't happen by accident. Creating the culture and conditions for this amazing talent to grow and prosper takes real commitment and real focus. This begins by finding the right talent, bringing them into the organization them, and then preparing them to participate in amazing shows. These can be complex processes that require time, patience, structure, leadership, and much more. But in this episode, we will be exploring with Mario Noel what happens behind the curtain every day to help create the greatest show on earth. And I think I mentioned when we had a we had a pre-call in advance of us recording today, and I think I mentioned that. About 15 years ago or 16 years ago, I was in Vegas and I went to see uh, Love. And I was just truly mesmerized. And my wife was the same. And I just remember coming coming out saying, God, that has to be the greatest show on earth. It was just spellbounding. Before we dive into the questions, though, however, there's one thing you shared with us that both Simon and I weren't aware of. We've talked about COVID, obviously, and the pandemic and all that. We're not looking backwards and that at all. But you shared with us that Cirque du Soleil effectively closed you you stopped you know you had to let pretty much everybody work for you you had to let them go 
and then you hired them all back and you started up again. Could you just give us maybe just a little snippet into that before we then move forward? Yeah, of course, Michael. So um, like probably any other company in the live entertainment, uh, COVID was brutal for Cirque. Yeah. So we had to let go most of our people. But then here we are, right? So we, uh, like the Phoenix, we raised from the ashes. And then we were able to actually rebuild a stronger Cirque du Soleil. Uh, in 22, like as an example, uh, we ended up the year with 4,000 employees. We have more than 38 active shows overall in 2022. So yes, it was tough, but now, now that we're completely out of the wood, but this is a time where it was tough for Cirque. We've learned so much, but hey, now this period is behind us, but hey, we're stronger together. And it's important context, Marina, well, isn't it? Because obviously one of the themes that comes up a lot is about sustaining a culture or sustaining, but you've done something very different here. You've been forced to start up again, but I want to delve, I think, in the conversation into how have you applied the latest context to that? And how have you applied the changing world to that? Because the world didn't stand still. The world coming out of COVID was very, very different. So let's start off. We always start at quite a high level. So I've just mentioned there that to me personally, Cirque du Soleil signifies the greatest show on earth. What does it signify to you? It's a world of opportunities. It's a world of curiosities. It's much more than just a show. And probably our fans, actually our fans know that Cirque du Soleil is more than just acrobats on screen, on, on stage. Cirque du Soleil is about bringing the impossible to the possible world. There is actually a very good quote that I like from uh, Mark Twain. And actually I have it on my email signature and it goes like this. They did not know it was impossible until they did it. And to me, it represents very well Cirque. Sometimes, you know, you're at one of Cirque du Soleil shows and you're at the edge of your seat and like, how did they do this? How did they do this? So to me, Cirque is actually creating memories, creating experience. It's more than just a show. I love that. And that's how I felt. I was on the edge of my seat. I didn't know where to look. I remember I was looking at my wife and I'm thinking, well, I don't know where you're looking, but I'm looking over there. How have they done that? How have they done that? Sam and I were pretty giddy when we were able to get you as a guest because we talked about Cirque for such a long time. And my curiosity was, I want to understand the philosophy. I want to understand the purpose of this organization because these things don't happen by accident. You know, the culture that needs to permeate through this organization where people believe that the impossible is possible and believe that they're creating the most unbelievable experience for your fans and your customers. So can we delve more into the purpose, if you like, and the philosophy that sits behind Cirque du Soleil? How has that been curated and, and dare I say, then preserved as you came through this period where you've had to restart Cirque du Soleil? Can you give us an insight into the philosophy? You know, Michael, excellence or performance doesn't happen by chance. As you said, it happens by choice. So we had to make very, we had to make very deliberate choices as we were uh, rebuilding our, our Cirque. And it's important to preserve what is quite unique for every company, which is 
It's culture, right? Culture is like the personality of a company. So we were very intentional. Every time you had, we had to make a decision. We need to have the best performers on stage as well as off stage. So in terms of our philosophy, it's uh, like we're a troop, right? So no one is as smart as all of us together. So we lead, making sure that everybody has a voice around the table. We have this very unique culture, whereas creativity is at the center of everything we do. We value creativity. And we also value diversity in our opinion, diversity in our style. So diversity and inclusion is a key factor at Cirque du Soleil, and it's quite precious in our culture. Always want to make sure that everybody has a voice around the table. We have this speak up culture. And there is a lot of different mechanisms in place at Cirque to make sure that we get the feedback from our people. And it's a two-way street. Culture is actually in our day-to-day actions, day-to-day interaction. Always also keeping in mind that we're a Cirque. So I'm going to give you a very concrete example. We have our in-house clown. Her name is Madame Zezou. So she's part of our DNA. She's part of who we are. So let's say if you come to the headquarter here in Montreal, chances are that the person who will be with you visiting the headquarter will be Madame Zezou. Sometimes she does some quiz. Uh, she will do some video. So at the end of the day, we're a circus. So it has to be fun. Seriously fun. Yes. You you mentioned when we when we spoke prior to today about your true north. The other thing you also mentioned was that people will say my Cirque. and I was really taken in by that because yeah. that that I suppose is the thing that we're all trying to wrestle with at the moment, which is how do you create a sense of purpose and belonging to the point where somebody brings their self and they bring an accountability and then and an intent. And, and I wrote, remember writing down on my pad, my circle, and I triple underlined it and put my exclamation mark. I thought, I want to know more about what does it take for somebody to go, my circle, and what does that mean? So we're so lucky to have an organization that people are so proud to work for. They take a lot of pride in everything they do. And it is something that when we're talking to our people, we always say, when you look at one of our shows, right, when you're at the edge of your seat, do you know that there is part of you in that show? Everybody has a part to play. The immigration team who's responsible for thousands of work visa, without them, a lot of artists will not be able to perform. Without the right IT department, we will not be able to connect. Without the right talent team or HR team, not be able to hire the right people. Without the casting department, we'll not have the chance to connect with outstanding artists around the world. So it's a real collective effort. And what about our costume designers, our makeup artists? So there is so much pride in every single gesture. There is no second class that is in that circ. So that's why we really value every single task every single position and at the end that's what creates this passion people are so proud but that's magic isn't it because you know i think every organization aspires that every single person in it believes that they are contributing in some way shape or form 
to the ultimate success or goal. It's almost like the urban myth going back to the to NASA in the 60s when somebody said to the janitor, what is your role here? I'm helping to put a man on the moon. It, it, it's the same principle. But creating that isn't easy. Now, I just want to follow up on something you mentioned there about DNI voice and your speak up culture. Can you, again, this is things that we know that are a challenge. Feedback cultures are a challenge. Actually getting that voice to permeate through. Is there anything you believe you're doing in Cirque that has, that has enabled that culture to, to, to happen, that people feel it's okay to speak up? Is there anything you can just share with us about how you do that? Again, it doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. So we've put together a lot of mechanism to make sure that people can relate to our attention feedback, appreciating the different style of people. It's not everybody who will be comfortable asking a question, raising their hands in a town hall with 600 people. So we do have different mechanisms. If it's two to three times a year, we're asking managers to sit with their employees one-on-one -on -one and to talk about, yes, work, but also it's a good moment to connect, inform, inspire, and asking our people, what would you like to learn? And hey, do I have any blind spot? Right, and especially post-pandemic, we really want our leaders to lead with love and empathy. So actually, life, professional life, personal, no, they're all intertwined. So you cannot really separate them. And also we have in our, under the big circuit umbrella, different categories of employees. We have artists on tours. So they have a different reality. So one thing that we all appreciate at Cirque is this following sentence that we use quite often. We need to have the approach whereas one size fits none. So it's about not only the employee experience, but it's the human experience, the people first experience. And we want to be where our people are. You're on tour. Okay. What's relevant to you? And I'm not saying that we're doing it perfectly. We're still learning. Like, yeah. and thank God we do have this feedback loop. Whereas when we're trying something, our employees might say, eh, this could have been done differently. And you're like, yeah. Yes, you're right. We're going to be better next time. But thank you for your feedback. Yes. I love your not by chance, but by choice. It speaks to that accountability again. And also something else you just said there. I love the, the talent dialogue. One of the themes that Simon and I have observed in all of our conversations is the importance of the basic fundamentals of human connection. And, you know, you just shared there that about work, life, connect. Do it with love and empathy. But you mentioned, what would you like to learn? And one of our previous guests, he employs about 40 people. That's all. But they make some of the best jeans, you know, trousers, jeans in the mm -hmm. world. And one of the things that he does with his team is he runs clarity sessions. Just 15 minutes. They do it twice a week. And they get some post-it notes and a blank wall. And he literally asks, what would you like to learn? What don't you know? I'm loving this. I might be stealing it with pride if I can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. And he does it with compassion. And he says it's one of the best things he does. But he made us giggle when he said, I don't let them sit down, though. 
and we don't have tea, no, and we don't have biscuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then and it's 15 it. minutes. It's 15 minutes. He said, but it's one of the best things that we've done. Because he said, yes, we're making great genes, but it's more than the gene. It's about creating a community. It's about creating knowledge. It's about inspiring the customer. But we again, we go back to these basic fundamentals of human connection, these human factors that are so, 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 so important. And that's how, and and, because as you said, not by chance, by choice, that's how you get people to make that choice, to engage, to want to learn, to want to do more. It is so interesting, actually, nowadays, the world of work. You know, if you were to ask me, what's keeping you up at night? I was like, actually, it's the future of work, right? Nobody has cracked the code perfectly yet. We're all writing the playbook. And at the same time, that is probably the thing that excites me the most. Like, okay, how are we going to be figuring that out? And we can't do that without the help of our people. So that's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, new playbook. I think we're all trying to do that, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Now, you employ today more than 4,000 people. One of the things that we were intrigued with, that I'm always intrigued with, if I was to come and join you tomorrow, heaven forbid, I don't know what I would be doing, but if I was coming to work at Cirque du Soleil tomorrow, what would I be told? What would I expect? Because I think this has become a really big thing. You know, people have a choice today of where they want to work, where they want to commit. So how do you reflect that DNA, that culture, to the new talent who have not joined you yet? I would probably start by saying, Michael, if you come to work for Cirque, I will not be offering you a job. I'll be offering you a career. And we will be defining together what this path is going to look like. Because again, we'll need to see what would you like to learn. I would, I'm sure everybody has a genius, an inner genius. So we would be working together at finding this inner genius. And for that, it means that you need to be your best self every day. I need to provide this work environment, whereas you can come to work or you can log on your computer every day and you feel that being yourself is enough. And actually, you know what? It is one of the advices that I received early on in my career. Someone, a very good mentor of mine told me, Marie-Noel, you are enough. Make sure that you have, you will always be working for employers that find that you are enough. So when you work for Cirque, first, you are enough. Be the person that you want to be. Don't You don't have to wear, you don't have to pretend to be someone else. And then in terms of our DNA, who we are, uh, yes, there is the professional aspect, the, the career path, the upskills. But I would say as a human being, we always want to contribute to a cause that is much bigger than us. So for Cirque, it's quite important to be part of the community. We always like to leave places in a better shape than how we found it. So we're very involved here in Montreal, as an example, close to the headquarter with our local communities. And we're going strong on ESG, environmental, social governance. And I like to say that the future of talent is green, right? Because to me, it's really part of my value prop. When I do interview candidates, I say, hey, Cirque is going big on ESG. So social footprint, health and safety. Yes, diversity, equity, inclusion. We've trained, actually, we offer to all our managers training on inclusion and diversity, just at a bit of level setting. 
And told from the top, all the executive committee was also trained. We're starting again, told from the top. And we're on a journey here. So I'm not pretending that we're doing everything right, but we're on a we're on that path. And we've put together, actually, we created a DNI console with our employees. We're being very intentional, right? And what does it mean to be intentional? Because sometimes it feels like it's a buzzword in a corporate world. Is that it? I had to summarize it in a very, very simple way is being able to say no to the good so that we can say yes to the great. Every time we make a decision that, okay, is it the right decision to make today? And how this will help in the overall vision of Cirque? And how this will help, I'm going to come up with something quite important to me, is the notion of trust. Engagement means trust. And organizations cannot mandate trust. You need to earn it. Someone told me at some point when I, when I started my CHRO career, Marie-Noel, at the end of each day, you need to ask yourself one question. What have you done today to earn the trust of your people? Oh, you can... what a question. And it happens, again, small gesture. That's what I want to make sure that every time I do have a conversation, it matters. It matters yes. to the person, like, did you get what you were looking for with our conversation? I love that. I, I, I love that. And I love what you said there. The future of talent is green. I love that. The other thing I think is, I just want to get your opinion. That when we're talking about these topics of culture and philosophy, and you're talking about trust, I don't think it's enough for leaders and the sort of organizational construct to get it at the intellectual level. They know it's important. You have to believe it. It's not enough to get it anymore. You've got to believe it and you've got to live it. Otherwise people won't trust you and they won't believe in you. Simon. I mean, enormously inspired listening to the conversation, Marie Noel. It's, it's amazing to listen to and so many quotes coming out of what you're saying. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to just then pick up from yourself individually. You've talked there very passionately about Cirque as an organization, but if I recall correctly, when we spoke before we started recording, you joined just before the pandemic closed down. And therefore, you know, the, the early days of your career at Cirque were actually in a lockdown situation. How did you get a sense of the DNA and the culture and the DNI uh, from, from you know, what is a, a very often stark reality you know, whilst we're in lockdown? Mm, excellent question. So I was lucky enough during the pandemic that I was part of the very small skeleton team who worked very hard to make sure that the Cirque will survive. So I had many, many occasions to have very good conversation about Cirque history. I was surrounded by people that have been around for 25 years, 30 years. And you know, sometimes just having chat over coffee around, tell me all the things that I don't know about Cirque. Tell me about the DNA. Tell me about, tell me about Guy La Liberté. How was it? Tell me about Cirque in 1994. Tell me about Cirque when we started in Vegas. It was 30 years ago. We were celebrating this year 30 years of being on the strip, starting with Mystere. Tell me that because just from a cultural standpoint, it is so important to understand where we come from. 
so that we can learn from the past to build a better future. It's not to reproduce, it's not to do a cut and paste, especially post-pandemic. We have to learn from the era pre-pandemic. But I was really immersed with all the stories and I'm a really curious person. So at some point I was like, okay, can we just stop working for a moment? I wanna hear your stories. I wanna hear the good, the bad, the ugly, the anecdotes. And we had so much luck. I was like, oh my God, that must have been something working for Cirque in the 90s and the early 2000s. So because of the generosity of people, I think they were able to shed a lot of light on all my blind spots. And again, I'm so inspired by a lot of mentors that I had around me. I'm actually, I'm probably the fruit of many mentors and many conversations that people had with me. If there is something that people value more than money is actually time and attention. When you dedicate time and attention to people as a human being, it's worth slightly more than money. And I feel that this is what I got actually during the pandemic. People gave me time and attention, and I'm so grateful because I believe that today I'm a much better leader because of all those informal conversations that I had to, the chance to have with people that have been around for a long time. For some people, life is always two sides of a coin. I'm with Simon. I mean, I'm hugely inspired by this conversation because I'm, I'm, I'm always searching to understand the intent that people put into their work, because that's what matters to me. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I think time and attention is everything. It creates that connection. And that's what people I think are craving for. They really are craving for. But somebody may be listening to this, maybe going, this is great. This is great. Right. But you're Cirque du Soleil. I mean, it's, you, you know, I mean, it's a given that your environment is inspiring. It's a given, surely, that your culture is about the impossible. You know, surely it just happens by clicking up the fingers. But, but we have to challenge both sides of the coin, don't we? You know, because the reality is that isn't the case. There is no given, is there? Oh, my God. Michael, there's none. I have that... been 120 open positions at Cirque. Labor shortage hits everyone. Yeah. everyone. So yes, I might be the best place to be from an artist standpoint, but we're also having some challenges, right? Uh, same here for all my support functions. Yes, Cirque du Soleil is a beautiful brand, but there is a lot of outstanding brands out there. So the brand is fantastic. We have a great company, a great culture, but it doesn't mean that we're not going through some of our own struggles. So hiring is still a challenge. Also finding the right balance with this new, the new future of work, new striking the balance between hybrid work at the office. So we've decided we made a conscious decision or intentional decision that we're not, we have not mandated how many days you have to be at the office. We want to treat our people like grown up adults. It's workplace with purpose. And you manager need to figure out what does it mean for uh, for your team. And we need actually to better equip our managers. To me nowadays, those who have the most difficult job is our manager. Yeah. Oh my God. They're on the receiving hand of a lot. Organizational structure are much leaner. They have to deal with, of course, career growth, hybrid model, life, work all intertwined and themselves 
they're also going through all this journey of ups and downs and life and work. So there's a lot of focus that is that is put on our managers. And I think that's the point that we're almost trying to prove, really, which is, you know, a brand is a brand is a brand, but you have to have a commitment behind it. That's the thing. And the question is, is what's the commitment? Then do you live it? I, that's where I was heading next, actually, was about leadership, because you talked about it when we met previously, and you were linking it massively to the retention and growth of talent, which I think everybody is concerned with. But as you mentioned, leaders are, pr- are sort of pretty fundamental to preserving cultures, progressive climates. They sort of execute processes. I, I believe it's a topic we, we are going to focus more on. It's it's still not, for me, talked about enough. What is the future role of a leader? You know, what does a leader's role need to evolve to? How do we support it? Because it's it, it can't be what it was 10 years ago. It, it can't be. What's the focus that you're giving? And, and you did mention about that retention. I think everybody's talking about retention, possibly not enough. Give us an insight into the leadership culture and how you develop leaders at Cirque. There is something quite fundamental. Okay, so I'm going to just step back. For me to be the best leader, it starts with you, right? Leading self. You need to make sure that you you take care of your mental health, your physical health, and your cognitive health. So leadership starts with you, your self-care. Because as a people leader, it is such an important role. People will be looking at you. How do you take care of yourself? And then it becomes the norm. It becomes what's accepted. So you need to have this conscious as a leader of the impact that your behaviors, uh, your actions will have on others. So I would say leadership starts with you. That's why I would love to see more emphasis on Step number one in all leadership journey, leads self. Then after you have leading your team, what does it mean? And you need to factor a different aspect. And it's a mix of, you know, sometimes people call this the the soft skills. I like to call it the power skills. It's more than those power skills. It's empathy, listening, having the courage to have those tough conversations, making the tough calls. So... What does it mean to lead a team? Then after your leaders, when you lead your team, overall it has an impact on the organization. So leading the organization. So leadership for me is in three folds, leading self, leading teams, and leading the organization. Leadership of the future starts with the leader itself and mental health. It's important. It's enormous. I was very lucky to study the work of McClellan at Harvard in the 1960s around so around motives and climate and managerial styles and, and why do people do what they do? Uh, it's always been my reference point that his climate dimensions were clarity, accountability, responsibility, rewards, team commitment, etc. These are all the basic fundamentals of these are the things when they're singing and in line and, and in harmony, you get a very progressive and healthy climate. But one of the interesting things for me was around, but do leaders in particular and people do we know why we do what we do? And for many, we don't. We actually don't understand the impact we have on others. We actually don't understand how we orient and select our behavior because it's not an automatic response. Your behavior is largely driven by where you get your energy from or your buzz. 
And that, I think, is one of the biggest challenges, I think, for leaders is because you need to have that self-control, understanding how that comes across to others. But this is really fundamental stuff. Now, interestingly, Simon and myself, our episode out on the 28th of February is simply titled Understanding Self. A great conversation with um, somebody I've worked with for about 20 years to just literally peel back the layer of the onion to understand the unconscious mind, the conscious mind, and really get into that awareness. Because I think that's where you're right. You're absolutely right. If we don't have a handle on self, how on earth do we maximize and best engage with others? We lead as we are. Correct. Make sure that we're uh, leading self is so important. It's at the core, it's at the core of leadership. So from your perspective, so you're the custodian for people at Cirque, and you very openly said that what keeps you awake at night is thinking about the future of work and what does that look like. But if you think about continuing the success, that fundamental success and the DNA of the organization and thinking then about the generations to come, because we were talking to a CHRO on our Christmas episode who, who very openly said, we're a family organization. We've existed for over 140 years, but I have to think about the generation who aren't here yet. I can't just think about the five generations who are, and that's hard enough to actually do, but I've actually got to now start thinking and visioning about the people who aren't here yet, because I've got to preserve my industry. I've got to make this a desirable organization. The, the experience that I'm curating, it cannot be what it is today because it probably just won't be relevant. So if, if, you, if you get your crystal ball out a little bit and you do think about Cirque in the next four, five, six, seven years, are there things that in your mind already you're thinking, do you know what? That's going to be fundamental. That's something that we have to start doing. Or this is something that unless we do it, we, will, we won't be able to compete. Is there anything already you're thinking from that sort of visioning piece? And it's not necessarily that you're doing it. What is it? What's in your mind already? Because that's the way we've got to behave, surely. Couldn't agree more. So actually, we need to continue to reinvent ourselves. Yeah. So we need to think about Cirque outside live entertainment. And we're already starting to think about it. And we already have some exciting projects in the pipeline. So what is the future of live entertainment? Right. So now with the uh, the Abattoirs, the uh, actually I was yeah. at the uh, Abba concert, right in London. Things the world is changing. I'm actually attending a show with what they call Abattoirs. So it's not real people in front of me, and there was thousands of people. So what does it mean for the future of live entertainment? What does it mean for Cirque? We need to reinvent ourselves. What are the other segments of growth? How do we continue to monetize our brand in a different way to ensure that in a hundred years from now, Cirque still exists? We're going to be celebrating our 40th anniversary next year. But I want to be make sure that this brand will last a long time. But for that, status quo is not an option. Thank God we work for a creative powerhouse and we do have the chance to have the wonderful creative guide. His name is Michel Laprise. He's the uh, show designer behind, she's the show director behind Drawn to Life and Curious. We would invest in R&D, but status quo is not an option. So future is now, and we're on it. It intrigues me how consumerization, we talked about on every episode, 
has changed the fabric of how we live our lives outside of work because we curate our experience. It is autonomous. We <laughs> design it. We choose it. Whether it's how you collaborate, you connect, you transact, you shop, you consume entertainment, everything in the last 15 to 20 years has changed beyond belief. And going back to those basics, people I believe now want an autonomous experience. I'm really, I'm going to take away a massive thing from this conversation. Well, actually, Simon's going to be here all week typing up quote cards. But my my big my big one is the future of talent is green. I think that that is really intriguing because does that speak to the DNA of the next generation? I don't think the traditional workplace contract will sustain personally. I, I think that's going to be ripped up and redesigned. I think somebody will go, I would love to work at Cirque du Soleil. I would love to for three days, but I want to go volunteering for a day and I'd like to do something for myself. So how we create future organizations with a different model I think is going to be hugely intriguing, but it's going to bring enormous challenges to make sure you've got the right people in the right place with the right skills at the right time. You're so right. And we've already actually started to experience it. We have what we call the gig economy. So people want to come for a gig. They want to do, to your point, I want to work for CERG for this gig, but then after I'm going to be traveling and I might be back next year or in two years from now. But what it's good, actually, just from, from a business standpoint, so what we do, we call this the flex and scale model, right? So yeah. we do have people that will come working for CERG for a period of time, and then they will leave. So we can assign them on a very specific project, start date, finish, and yeah. you can ensure that the project will be delivered. So I think this model has its traits, yeah. also some challenges of course but i can see the benefit of having this these model of gig right and just from a financial structure it's less fixed cost on your overall financial structure yeah. but it's it's more management but i don't see this as all negative we'll need to flex adapt but we need to adapt that's the big word adapt we need yeah. to adapt that's why we need to remain curious listen to our people and see what do people want and what does the business need? And then Correct. the secret is the uh, in-between. It is, isn't it? That it, it? And it is a convergence, whereas before I don't think it was. I think it was where the organization, you're lucky to work. I, I'm, I'm being <laughs> playful, but you know what I mean? Now it's a proper convergence. I have a voice. I'm going to tell you what I want from work. So our final question, Mario Noella, we always ask our guests, You've given us a ton, so I'm being really cheeky asking the question. But anyway, I'm going to ask it. Um, you've amassed an enormous amount of wisdom, I know, in your career. And, and I love how you've referenced your mentors today. I adore that because I think that's how we learn and we grow from others. So relating, when you think about people, organization, leadership, whatever it may be, in addition or maybe reinforcing, are there any final pieces of wisdom or tips that you would just want to pass on to others that you think will benefit them as it's benefited you? I have two actually, right. two for one today. It's a very hey. Canadian, <laughs> Canadian special, two for one. So, <laughs> so something that is quite important for everybody to, um, to remember. Organizations grow when people grow. So do invest in your people. At the end of the day, 
businesses people. They might have the best strategic plan, the best growth plan. People, your people will make it happen. And the other thing is make today count. Make today count. As simple as that, again, I'm stealing some words of wisdom that I received from another of my mentors. San Manuel, make today count. It's about the small gesture. It's not about the big home run every day. You cannot be excellent every day. You can strive for excellence, but make today count. In your daily interactions, small gesture, big impact, but make today count. As simple as that, Michael. It, it is, isn't it? Oh, Mary Noel, honestly, what a, what a wonderful conversation. What an absolute joy. Can't thank you enough. It just feel like I could go on and on and on for hours. Like, will there be a part two? Nick, careful, careful. <laughs> there, will be, there will be a part two. So. <laughs> and now we've got you recorded. <laughs> but no, in all sincerity, we were so excited about this conversation. Um, I've been very open about what Cirque du Slay means to me. And you brought it to life. And I can't thank you enough for that. And I think our listeners will take a huge amount away from this, reinforcing many of the things we already know, but there's loads in here that I think we need to listen to. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really had a great time. So really, thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. That's my bit. Thank you. Simon, my energy my I, I i don't know what to call it i'm buzzing actually from that conversation the title of the episode the greatest show on earth i was inspired by cirque du soleil i i saw it over 15 years ago but absolutely blew my mind i was just almost in awe of what i saw and today i i, I feel the same way i'm in awe of this philosophy this culture this dna this the, the magic of the fabric of how this organization achieves, you know, what I consider to be the greatest show on earth. But before I go into some of my thoughts, uh, I really would just love to pause and understand what did you take from that episode? We talk to a lot of customers. We talk to a lot of organizations. And, and sometimes you feel like they're talking the talk. And, and this felt like walking the walk. This really felt like it meant everything. You know, this employee, the employee proposition. Uh, and the quotes, you know, brought that to life for me. Some of the quotes I heard were, you know, things like, there's no second-class citizen at Cirque. You know, one size fits none. You know, I will not be offering you a job. I'll be offering you a career. Yet you know, that's when you actually you know, see it matters. And it was very clear and very evident throughout the conversation to me that, you know, Cirque is an organization that's driven by what matters to the employee and what that experience really means. Uh, and then we, we, we talked about the leadership aspects uh, that Marie Noel was, was working on. And again, it reinforced what we were hearing on previous episodes. You know, John Amici talking, talked about filling your cup as a leader. Uh, and Marie Noel saying similar things, you know, be, you focus on yourself first as, as a leader and then look at the people you are managing. But she, again, using words like empathy, and again, another quote sprang to mind, you know, time and attention is worth more than money. And, and that encapsulates it. You know, you, you can go through the motions of a leadership and a review and a, and a process, but actually just giving people some time and attention actually means a lot and resonates with people and, and gets them brought into the organization. You, that, you just made an enormous point there. That's the difference. You can follow a process. You can have a conversation because you've been asked to have a conversation, 
but do you really believe in the conversation? Do you believe in the value to the person who is sitting in front of you? That's the difference. One of the two tips was make today count. That's the thing. There was no complacency. There is no complacency. It doesn't even, there's not even an ounce of that in Marie Noel and, and, and her work and this organization. Culture's everything. My circ, you know, the, that, that proud belonging, the purpose. That for me is the difference between I work at Cirque du Soleil to I'm, I'm bought in to Cirque du Soleil, isn't it? Yeah. And once you transition to my circ, I think that's yeah. just a different level. It is. And, you know, again, why are these conversations important? Because that's what we're searching for. We're searching for those holy grails. We're trying to understand where these fundamentals lie. Where do they exist? And it's in the intangible sometimes, isn't it? It's not in a process. It's not maybe in a solution. It's in your belief. Do you believe this? Is, is it more than important? And just to make points you've made in previous episodes, yes, the basics really, really matter. But once you've got the basics, yeah, what do you do next? How do you yeah. elevate the basics to this next step? And I thought this this conversation really started tapping into some of those bits there as to what happens beyond just having the basics and the process in place. How do you elevate something to to my circ? But it's interesting though on that point, you know, because I was thinking about that executing the basic fundamentals brilliantly is when you add your belief, your empathy your your expertise your conviction you know excellence is not by chance but it happens by choice engagement is based on trust as you said one size fits none so many amazing takeaways but the future of talent strategy is green that thought about the change in demographic the thought about that next generation and what this actually looks like i i think there's an enormous and you know we may have a part two um, and I and I think a part two would be absolutely brilliant because I think there is so much more for us to learn and take away from this amazing organisation. It almost feels like it's the interval at this point. We'll go off for a quick gin and sonic and then back for act two later. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. So, you know, a enormous thank you to Marie Noel. An enormous thank you. An amazing conversation. I hope our listeners take as much from it as you and I did, Simon. And I know we're going to be applying a lot of what we've learned. So we will look forward to the next one. And it would be great to hear from from some of the audience as well. We, we post a lot on social media. Yeah, let us know what you, what you took away from that episode. Let us know what you thought. Did it open up some new thinking for you? I, I absolutely agree. And I, and I think that's something that we're trying to encourage, isn't it? That, you know, for our listeners, message us. You know, get in touch. Contact us. Let us know what you think of the episode. And is there a human factor that we're not quite touching on that you would like us to? Please let us know. We would love to hear that. So until then, we're on to the next one, Simon. But as I said, I hope our listeners enjoy. But until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye.